0: I'm excited about this new series called The Gospel. This is a word that's used a lot in the Bible. In fact, it's used 93 times in the Bible. Most of those in in the New Testament, but there's references also in the Old Testament as well. And so what does the Gospel mean? Well, let me just start off with that and then we'll kind of dive into this. And I'm excited about this three-part series. Today, I want to talk about what the Gospel is and isn't. And then next week, I'm going to share the gospel clearly for all your friends and family that you're going to invite, okay? And so I believe we're going to have an incredible week next week with a lot of people bringing their friends or family. Maybe you had that person, you're like, man, I've got someone that's really resistant to the gospel. They're really closed-minded to the things of God, but I just wish they would just listen just at least, you know, just 20 minutes. That's all I'm asking. Like, if you could just get them to tune in just one time. I believe it can make a difference. And so that's what next week's all about. And the third week, we're going to baptize a ton of people and talk about baptism as well and what that means. And so I'm excited about this whole series. You don't want to miss any of it. So what is the gospel? What is it? Well, people ask me sometimes, are, 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 what do you do for a living? And I tell them, well, I'm a pastor. And they're like, oh, cool. What kind of church? I know what they're asking is like, you know, like, like what denomination, what group, what type of church, things like that. But really, I just normally want to say something like this. We're a gospel-centered church. Well, what's the gospel? What is that? Well, Christ crucified is what is what Paul said. Paul said, I just preached Christ crucified. That means you just preached the gospel. That's what he did everywhere he went. His message is pretty simple. It wasn't complicated. Some people liked it, some people didn't, but it was very simple. So what is the gospel? The gospel literally means the good news. It also means proclaiming the good news. That's, that's what the gospel is. And so what is this good news? So I want to unpack this today. You have had someone say to you, well, I've got some good news and some bad news. Which one do you want first? How many of you guys normally say, I want the good news first? Raise your hand if you want the good news. Look at that. No one does that, right? <laughs> what do we always say? Give me the bad news first, right? Like we're so cynical, right? Just give me the bad news. Just, just tell me what it is. What is it? You know, tell me right now. And so we always say, give me the bad news first. Well, for there to be good news, there's probably some bad news first. And so there is. And so I just want to unpack that with you real quick, if I can, and then we'll get to the good news. But the bad news is actually pretty simple as well. And that is this. It says in Romans three twenty three. it says this, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Another translation says God's glorious standard or God's ideal. In other words, there's a the standard God has and none of us make it. So the bad news is this, and you might want to write this down. None of us are good enough. What that means is none of us are good enough to get in heaven. There's two ways to get in heaven. The Bible's pretty clear about this. The first is to be totally perfect and sinless. I don't know about you, but I blew that plan a long time ago. So the second way to get in is through someone who lived a sinless life and died in our place, who paid the price for our sins. Even though uh, we, we have sinned, we don't actually have to pay the price for our own sins. And so Jesus paid that price for us. So before we get to that, though, the bad news is none of us are good enough on our own. I don't care how good you think you are. We're just not that good. But when I talk to people, I'll say, so do you think you're going to go to heaven or hell when you die? And they say, well, I'm probably going to go to heaven. And I'll say, well, why? Well, I'm a pretty good person. But it doesn't say that in the Bible anywhere. It doesn't say if you're a pretty good person, then you go to heaven. It doesn't say if you're, well, you know, but my mom tells me me we're Catholic. That doesn't mean you're going to go to heaven. Well, my dad says we're Baptist. Doesn't mean you're going to go to heaven. You know, oh, well, I grew up in this or that group, but we're Presbyterian, we're Episcopal. You just name the the, the flavor you want. That doesn't mean you're going to go to heaven. There's no passing down the membership to you. (laughs) It doesn't work like that, you know? And so we we, kind of sometimes want to believe that, but that's not it. You're not, you know, you, you can't be good enough. You're not part of the right grouping. It has nothing to do with any of that. So it has to do with how good are you on your own merits? And the truth is all have sinned. Any sin, any one sin, is enough to knock us out of the ability to be in heaven. Because heaven is a place of total perfection. There's no sin allowed there. So if there's no sin allowed there, how in the world are we going to get in? Because we're sinners. So how can we get in? Well, so we now know the bad news is we're not good enough. But here is the good news, otherwise called the gospel. And it's found in John 3:16. Some of you know that verse. Maybe you don't, but it's one of the most famous verses in all the Bible. It says this, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Now I got two sons and I'm not giving either of them to you. But he gave his one and only son. That's amazing, isn't it? For God so loved the whole world too. It doesn't say, well, you know, he loved uh, people who voted like you did. People who think like you. People who are nice. People who are religious. People who give financially. People who are forgiving. It doesn't say anything like that. It says, for God so loved the whole world. So he loved all of us, and he sent his son for all of us. So for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him, I love this, the word whoever, I looked it up, that means whoever. That <laughs> means it doesn't no matter who it is, or what they've done, or where they've been, or who they've done stuff with. Whoever, it says, believes in him, shall not perish, that means die, but have eternal life, that means heaven. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. So it says, whoever, since God sent his son, Jesus, to die for us, paid the price for our sins, he says, whoever believes in him, I don't care what you're doing, I don't even care what you're doing currently. Now this is kind of hard for us to imagine this, but I just, I have to tell you, I know people that accepted Christ and they were high. I know people that accepted Christ in a club. I know people that came to the reality of Jesus in a strip club, and they were not just a member, but sometimes they were also the stripper. I know drug dealers that called out the name of Jesus and received him. I know I personally have met and hugged at least 40 to 50 murderers in my life when I went into the prison ministry. Afterwards, I casually said, Hey, so what are all these guys in for? And they're like, Oh, about 80% murdered. I was like, Oh, great. Thank you for not telling me that before I got here. <laughs> I hugged all these guys. Next. They could not have been nicer. And they have been forgiven by the same blood of Christ that forgives you and forgives me. Isn't that amazing? It's incredible. That's how good his grace is. Whoever. So whoever calls on the name of the Lord, the Bible says, will be saved. For God so loved the world that he sent his son. He loved the whole world, died for all of us. And then for whoever out of the whole world will receive him, You cannot die, but have eternal life. That means one day when you die, you won't actually die. You'll just simply blink and be in heaven before God. Isn't that amazing? That's incredible. So that's the good news. That's the gospel. I'm done. It's complete. That's it. There's no adding on. That's it. Thank you. Peace out. I'm going to hit it. Like, that's literally it. But see, we keep trying to add stuff to it. But there's nothing to add to it. That's it. That's the whole gospel. Well, there's all kinds of stuff, Pastor. I mean, not to the gospel there's a lot more in the Bible, but that's the whole gospel. The bad news is we need someone to save us. The good news is someone does if we'll receive him. The bad news is we're not good enough. The good news is Jesus is good enough. Just receive him. That's it. That's the full gospel. And we have a hard time understanding that that's everything. And so what I'm going to say next is going to really bug some people. It's going to bother you. I'm just telling you, in fact, the more religious background you have, the more bothered you're about to be. Because I'm about to show you something that the gospel is very clear on that will really shock some people today at the simplicity of this, but it's really true. You know, the Bible's supposed to be simple and the gospel's simple. You know why? Jesus said, Let the children come to me. How can a child come to Christ if it's complicated? It's not. It's not complicated because it's not supposed to be. I accepted Christ when I was six years old. I had the most basic understanding. I knew Jesus loves me. He died on the cross for my sins. He rose again. If I'll accept Him, I can be a Christian. I can know Him, and one day when I die, I'll go to heaven. That's it. That's all I knew. Oh, what about the theology? Of blah 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 blah. I did not know any of that stuff. I don't even know how to spell theology. But yet, I received Christ as a child. Then later on, I was about thirteen years old. I was a little confused and wondering. Well, did I really receive? I mean, I'm not sure if I really did or not. And that's very normal, by the way. And so I I reconfirmed it as Christ into my life. But looking back, I think I probably was a believer already at age six. But I think I just had more understanding about age 13. And I started getting really serious about my faith at that point. But I will tell you this, that Christ was already in my life through the simple faith that Jesus died for me and rose again and, and I received him. So the bad news is none of us are good enough. The good news is God sent his son to save you from hell. Hell's real. So is heaven. They're both forever. And you don't want to go to one. And so I just think that friends and family don't let other friends and family go to hell. I just, that's just kind of a thing to me. And so I just believe that if we believe that, you know, people say, why is your church always trying to reach out to people? Because we actually believe what the Bible says about heaven and hell. And if you actually believe that, it should kick you into high gear to do something to make sure your friends and family are going to go to heaven. So we really believe that around here. And so that's why we're teaching you what the gospel is. So we now, we now know the bad news is we're not good enough. The good news is that Christ is, he died for us. We simply accept him in our lives. We get to go to heaven because we know him. Okay, Based upon not our perfect record, because we're not perfect. All have sinned, right? But based upon Christ's perfect record, who died in our place. Okay, Now, here is something about salvation that I want to tell you that's downright shocking. And I'm so thankful for this story in the gospel story, in the, in the truth of how Christ died for you, how Christ gave his life for you, how Christ paid for your sin and for mine. He went to a cross to do it. Now we think of a cross as a religious symbol. Like we think like, oh, I love when I see like a really nice pretty gold cross on a gold necklace, right? Maybe you have a, a silver cross or a gold cross. Maybe you have one in your ear right now or on your neck, or maybe you have a tattooed on your body somewhere. We don't need to see it. Don't, don't lift up your shirt. We don't need to see it. We know it's there. But you know, some of our crosses start to droop and stretch, you know. what I'm saying? <laughs> But the cross we see (laughs) as a religious symbol, but the more accurate picture of the cross would be instead of maybe having a cross hanging on your necklace, maybe you should have an electric chair hanging on your necklace. That's more accurate to what it was. Because we think crosses are religious, but they weren't religious. Crosses were where heinous criminals died. People that were so bad... That, we would, that society said, you're so scary and bad and horrible and have done so much damage, we don't think you're worthy of living any longer. So we're going to hang you on the cross. That would be the electric chair today. That would be uh, you know, a public hanging. That would be um, someone you know, basically standing in front of a firing squad. And as horrible and as awful as those three deaths would be, those pale in comparison to the death on the cross because those are quick. I mean, those are fast. You say, oh, no, I've studied it. Maybe you've done the research paper because you were required to do some kind of paper like that in class when you're growing up and you're like, oh, man, sometimes the electric chair can go wrong and it takes several minutes. Several minutes is still way faster than a cross. I will take that any day over a cross. I would take public shooting. I would take public hanging. I mean, that sounds horrible. I don't want to die like that. I hope I die like after a long life and then I just die in my sleep. Right after the Texans win the Super Bowl, I passed away. Just like that. which tells you I have a very long time to live. (laughs) That's aside the point anyway, so. But basically, a cross was a horrible way to die. Christ died for our sins on that cross. On the way to the cross, something happened that is crazy. That is crazy. You know why this is so important to understand all this? Because we're all going to die one day. We're so hung up on life and death right now because of COVID. Everyone's like, ah, there's people that say, get the shot or you'll die. People are freaking out over that. And other people are saying don't get the shot, because a shot may make you die. People are freaking out over that. You need to wear a mask or you're going to kill people. I mean, it's like, whoa, we need to like way lower the rhetoric around here, okay? I mean, people are like way freaking out over this stuff. And I'm not worried, I'm not, I don't care, and I'm not sure where you fall on the spectrum. That's the beautiful thing about our country. It's called freedom, do, believe what you want to believe, do what you want to do. I'm not worried about that. That's not my, my issue. My issue is people are so freaking out and they go, well, it's a matter of life and death. Well, then if you're so passionate about everyone wearing a mask, you're be way more passionate about telling people about Jesus because that is a matter of life and death. It really is. And I hate to break it, G, but we could save everyone from COVID and they're still eventually going to die. Look, I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but your body's breaking down. I'm reminded of this every single day. I look in the mirror, I'm like, oh, wow. I got older in somehow the last 24 hours. I don't know how that happened. (laughs) But it is definitely happening to me. You know what I mean? Like we're breaking down. Like we are all eventually... I mean, have you seen the stats on death? They're terrifying. 100 out of 100 people die. It is unbelievable. You will be dead longer than you are alive. So maybe we should figure this out. This is a big deal. Since we all have a sliver of time to be in this earth, maybe 80 years, I hope more, maybe 90, if you you eat super healthy all the time and really avoid Mexican food, maybe you can go. (laughs) Which definitely means I'm not going to go that long. But I'm just telling you, we all are on a slow demise. It's just like the Texan season. It just starts off good, and it's a slow demise. Don't get all happy, cowboys. You're not far off. Again, I'm, just, I'm just saying. The point is, is all of us... Are, man, this message really got out of hand really fast. I'm sorry. I'm, clearly, I have ADD, and I did not take my medicine. Okay. I want to show you something in Scripture that's really powerful, and again, I want to remind you. Some of you will be really bothered by this, but this is why I want to start the teaching with this. Check it out. It says this: two other criminals, two others, two others, both criminals, were led out to be executed with him. They nailed Jesus to the cross, and the criminals were also crucified—one on his right and one on his left. Just remember that if you're into politics, the people on the right and the left, both criminals. Just want to let you know. <laughs> just kidding. Okay. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. The crowd watched and the leader scoffed and they called out to him. If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. One of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed. So you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself and us too while you're at it. But the other criminal protested, don't you fear God even when you have been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our crimes, but this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And here's the craziest part of the story. Then Jesus turned to him and said, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. Well, what? This guy's hanging on the cross. Both are like, oh, man, if you're really, you know, king of the Jews, right? I mean, get off the cross, man. Come on. He's, he's mocking him just like everyone else. I mean, somehow this guy, like you have the strength, you're dying and you still have the strength to, to make fun of someone. Else. like, wow. Like, I mean, it's bad. I mean, how bad were you in life if they want to take your life? Let's just be honest, like, I mean, you pretty much blew every chance you had, okay? In other words, if someone's going to the death getting to death penalty, it ain't their first offense. They have done a lot of wrong things to get there, right? Both dying. Other guy on the other side says, hey, man, I don't know what you're doing, man. We're dying here. And he looks at Jesus and says, please remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus says, see you in 20 minutes. He's like, that's how long I have 20? Okay, I'm ready. So he's, hanging, he's dying, He's bleeding out please remember me, Lord, Jesus says, oh, yeah, because you called out to me, you'll be in heaven. Now, I want you to know something that didn't happen. Jesus said, you're, you're saved, basically, you're going to go to heaven, see you in paradise, knows what doesn't happen. Did the criminal have time to change his life? No. <laughs> Did he have time to get baptized? Oh, I've got to get my kid baptized, or they're not going to go to heaven. Did he have time to get baptized? He's going to be in heaven. Nope. So baptism doesn't save you. Being good doesn't save you. I mean, he, he, had, he didn't have a chance to do one good deed, nothing. He had no time to say to a parole board anywhere, hey, man, I've really turned, changed my ways. I'm reading some good books back here. I'm really making... No, none of that. There was no time to turn around and live differently. But pastor, the Bible says to repent. Yeah, you know what repent means? It means to turn around. So let me just play this out. So I'm walking and I'm going to repent and go the other way. That's repentance, right? But you know, it's also repentance. I'm walking in all the wrong directions. I just hesitate and think, and then keep going the wrong direction. Did I repent? Did I turn? I did turn. I just had really bad follow through. Do not confuse salvation with discipleship. See, this is going to really bug some of you, but I want to tell you something right now. That criminal is a lot like people we know. I know someone very close. That their whole life, they were a horrible person. I'm just being honest. Now, I'm judging. I know you can say you're judging. Okay, I am. I'm being honest. But this guy ran around on his wife, beat his children, I kid you not. Should have been in jail for the things he did to his kids. Was a jerk, stole, took advantage of everyone and every opportunity he could, made everything in life about himself, and on his deathbed, he received Christ and he's in heaven. Some of us are bothered by that. Like, are you kidding me? A guy like that, a jerk, can read. Yep. Can I tell you something else? I know for a fact that there's a whole lot of serial killers, rapists, and pedophiles. I can't think of a really a lot lower than that. Maybe you can think of something I'm not thinking of. There's a lot of people that have done some things that you and I can hardly speak of, and they're going to be in heaven because they accepted Christ. Because it's not based upon anything we do. And we have proof right here because Jesus turned this guy who deserves the death penalty. And he says, Seen a few. I'll see you in heaven. No baptism, no repentance, no nothing. He didn't repent. He did repent. He said, Remember me. What was that? That was just in a fleeting moment of repent. That's just a turn, like maybe I need Jesus. Are you? And then you keep. But you did turn. Does that make sense? Let me ask you something. You ever joined the gym and didn't go? Come on, let's be honest. Let's confess our sin right now. How many of you guys, you're like, I've been a member of a gym forever, right? People are like, really? You are? I have no, there's no physical evidence you're a member of a gym, but you're... You ever? Have you ever done this? You ever gone to like an exercise place and someone's trying to give you advice and they look horrible and you're like, seriously, you're giving me advice? Like, I mean, has that ever happened to you? Like, I'm not trying to be judging. I'm just saying like, one time I went into, I'm you. I went into like a supplement store, you know, I'm looking around, I'm trying to find, you know, this and that. And as I'm looking around, this guy works, so he's got a little tag on, he comes up to me and I, I'm not trying to be ugly and I'm not fat shaming. I'm sorry, please don't blow me up on the internet. I'm just, I'm just telling you the truth, how I felt. He showed up, he walked up to me, he was morbidly obese. I'm trying to be nice I'm just describing the guy that stood before me. He was a very large man who clearly had not missed a meal in a long time and he is trying to convince me of what supplements that he'd take to get in great shape. It just was a really bad salesman. You know what I'm talking about? Now, does that mean he wasn't a member of the store? No, he's a member. He was just kind of a bad representative. But he clearly, I mean, he wasn't going to be in the commercials. I can promise you that. They wouldn't have picked this guy and said, put him on the screen. That guy's what we want. No, that wouldn't. I'm telling you, that would not happen. They were, gonna, they were probably going to go throughout the stores, wherever how many stores they have. They'd probably find the most ripped dude, right? The most in-shape girl. They'd be like, put them on the commercial, right? They're a better representative of what we believe all these supplements will do than that guy. But both of them still work for the same store. This is, this is how it is with our salvation. You receive Christ, but you, you can turn and and live for Christ and let the Holy Spirit transform you and and totally change you are and and that's of course the goal but you can also be in heaven and have joined the gym and you just never really look like you went right I mean you know have you ever started a diet and then 12 hours later you broke it (laughs) come on don't don't leave me hanging how many of you guys have done this you're like, oh, I'm serious, man. You order the books on Amazon and, and Mediterranean diet book. comes, You go to Weight Watchers meeting, whatever you do, right? You, you're like, you're all in. And then like 12 hours later, you're eating a pizza. You're like, well, how'd this happen? What, well, I mean, this is crazy, right? You guys, don't, I mean, I've heard people do that. I don't know anybody personally. But. It's just easy to not have follow through. That doesn't mean I didn't Join the gym. It doesn't mean I didn't order the book. It doesn't mean I didn't go to the Weight Watchers meeting. I may have done all those things and still just have no... In other words, there's no evidence that you can see. There's no fruit you can see in my life, but it doesn't mean I didn't have an an initial commitment. So if you had an initial commitment to Christ, you're in. You just may have really bad follow-through, but you're still in. So you're telling, Pastor, that my cousin, who parties all the time, Who's shoving everything up their nose, who is chasing many skirts and drinking beer, and that's all they do. That's all they care about. They're totally narcissistic because they're just in themselves. All they want to do is party all the time, and they're totally crazy. And they even make fun of Christians. And they say they're an atheist openly. That if in a fleeting moment, in one moment, they were 13 at some retreat that they went with a friend, they didn't even know much about God, but they actually prayed this simple prayer, but never did anything about it beyond that. You're telling me they're going to be in heaven? Yes, I am. That's what I'm telling you. I mean, You and I probably think that's unfair. No, that's called amazing grace for a reason. You're still in. Thank God. So the great news is the atheist who's openly... uh, There's going to be some atheists. I promise you it's going to happen. We're going to get to heaven and be like, what? This guy wrote books against God and they're in heaven. Many atheists are probably going to go to heaven because they've at least thought about God so much to categorize themselves. Which means I bet you, on their own, when no one's around, they're never going to tell anyone because they would lose their credibility in their mind. Like, I don't want to, you know, tell the truth that I actually thought about one time. And just, Jesus, if you're really there, then just come to my life. And boom, he did. They never acted on it beyond that. And then went back to five minutes later making fun of Christians, saying we're all stupid and we're all living on a crutch. And, you know, we're all these dumb hayseeds and believe this crazy book and I can't believe you. But they still are going to be in heaven. That's how amazing the grace is. Isn't that incredible? God's grace is so good that in what we would call a moment of weakness, he would call the moment that saved you. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's what the Bible says. Anyone in a moment, if you pray that prayer, you're in. That's the gospel. Now, Pastor, you're saying basically, you're, you're, giving me, you're giving my kids license to just party their brains out and do whatever because they're going to hit. No, I'm not. No, no, no. No, the Bible's clear also. And we can unpack this at another time, but there's going to be rewards in heaven and some people are going to get in and not have any rewards. But you're still in. And heaven is a reward just for receiving Christ. But check out the scripture. It says this, one of the boldest scriptures in all the Bible. It says in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. And it's not like that gift at Dillard's where you, you know, for a $50 purchase, you get a gift of, no, 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 that's not a gift. You did pay for something. It's a true 100% gift. You didn't do anything to earn it. The gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. What does this mean? Number three, this salvation is far reaching in nature. The word I wanted to use, I didn't use on this point. You know why? Because the word is radical, but that word has really been hijacked to mean something different in our society today. So I looked up the synonyms for the word radical, and it is far reaching. It means it's crazy, it's extreme. Like, wow, like someone like that can be saved? Yes. I shared this message yesterday. A man came up to me after church and he said to me, Pastor, going to be honest with you. I was drunk. I was high. I left my wife at home, went out with a bunch of guys. I was in the military and I was literally out of my mind. We crossed over into Guadalajara. I was like, oh, this story's getting real interesting. <laughs> We're in Mexico where he said, I'm sitting at a table. I'm, I'm high as a kite. I'm smoking everything, ingesting all kinds of crazy stuff. And I start telling them about Jesus. And they're like, man, will you tell us about Jesus? You're, look at you, dude, you're a mess. You're going to tell us. And they kicked him out of the club he was in. He said, now I'm in the middle of Mexico in the middle of the night. It's terrifying. Like I'm, I I said, yeah, that's a scary place to be at night. I don't care if you're a military. That's scary. He said, I stumbled back across the border. I walked up to this church, called my wife in there. She came pick me up. Got my life together. God's changed me. I love it. On this stage a number of years ago, we had Brian Headwelt. Some of you guys were here for that. He's a member of the band Corn. He was high as could be on cocaine. Realized he was 100% addicted to heroin and cocaine. He knew he was going to die. All his friends were telling him, dude, you're going to die. You can't keep doing this. And he literally looked up and in, the, in a moment of other brokenness, he said, God, if you're there, I'm either going to die, uh, I'm probably going to die. So just save me. If you'll save me, I'll live for you. And he said that at that moment, Jesus came in his life. He lived different ever since. So he was high on heroin when he accepted Christ. And that man, I've talked to him, I have not met a more sincere follower of Christ. Yet he found Christ in a mess. Isn't it amazing how great God is? That He will save us from a mess. Because we are all messes, aren't we? I don't know about you, but I hadn't really cleaned up that well yet. Have you? I'm still kind of a mess a lot of the times. That's why God's grace is still saving us, right? Is, I mean, that grace is still there for us. I just want to encourage you to know that his salvation is far-reaching. The word evangelion, which is the word we get, where we get the word evangelism, where we get the word gospel, it all comes from this word. It literally means to announce victory and then to tell the story of how you won the victory. Isn't that great? So what is the gospel? It's, an, it's, it's the fact that we have victory and here's how we have victory, through the story of Christ. That's what the gospel really is. But it's all him and not us. Now, having said that, you say, well, you tell me it doesn't matter how I live. No, no, it does matter how we live. It just doesn't matter how you live for your salvation. So you do not confuse salvation and discipleship. Okay, so I want to encourage you on this last point. This is, this is a big deal. Would you write this down? We need to be a good witness. What do you mean by that? Here's what I mean. What the world finds unbelievable are Christians who act like unbelievers. Let me say that again. What the world finds unbelievable are Christians who act like unbelievers. But that doesn't mean to save you. You're saved by grace, but then after you receive his grace, we're we're supposed to let the Holy Spirit that comes within us now change us. Okay, but that takes time. It takes time. It's not overnight. You and I aren't done. We're not perfect, but we're being perfected. But it's a process. You're not just going to overnight, instantaneously have everything changed in your life. Does that make sense? So it's okay, give it a season, give it time. And so we are to be a good witness. Now, more on that in a moment, but I want to interrupt this message if I can with a really cool announcement. Is that okay, can I do that real quick? Okay, so because we want to be a good witness in our communities, uh, we believe that one of the ways, there's many ways to do this, but one of the ways, of course, we make a big difference in our community. We, we have the West Side Ministry, we, we go downtown and we do all kinds of stuff for, for hurting people, homeless people, you, you, you name we do all that. We really do. And we're not just saying that we put our money where our mouth is. You should go down there and check it out. What we do once a week, it's incredible the ministry that happens. We literally, literally feed people and clothe people all the time. Uh, we help people get out of human trafficking. There's lots of people we've helped save from that. We, we do missions in Haiti. Like right now, we, we're aware of the earthquake. We're already checking in with our orphanage there and making sure they have what they, they need. No one got hurt, by the way, thank God. And our orphanage, people that die, but not on our orphanage. And so, you know, we, we are doing all those things and more. But another way that we can be a light in a dark world is to show honor where honor is deserved. Does that make sense? So guess what's coming up about a month from now? The 20th anniversary of 9-11. And many of you are old enough to remember where you were when it happened. How many of you guys remember exactly where you were when you heard the news about the buildings getting hit with planes? You're like, whoa, what's going on? What's happening? Right, remember that? I was on my way. I dropped off my, my oldest. My, my, actually, I dropped off all three of our kids uh, and I was about to drop them off, and a friend of mine called me and said, you may want to take your kids home with you. I was like, oh no, I'm good, I'll drop They're like, just trust me. Sure enough, they were right. I, can't. I went home watching, these. I went back and got my kids. Cause I mean, it just, it was crazy. Remember that? Remember how insane it was? It was like the world has changed everything, right? And we saw all these first responders run into buildings, and then the buildings collapsed on them. It was horrible. It was absolutely horrible what we, all, what we all witnessed. And we all said what? We all said, we'll never forget. I think in 2020, many people forgot. I'm just, I'm just being honest, the way, the way I've seen first responders treated in the last year, I would argue maybe we forgot what they do for us. So as a church, we've made a decision that on 9-11 this year, we're going to bless like crazy all officers and first responders in our community. So. Don't get too excited. i got something for you to do. Okay, so. I need your help. If we're going to do this, we're going to do it together. So here's what we decided. I've had this dream for a while that I wanted to do, and it finally came out. I was like, this is the time to do it. So here's what I've, what I've asked our team to do. We're putting together 1,600 bags, goodie bags. And, and I, I'm not going to be satisfied unless there are hundreds of dollars worth of free stuff that we give every family. And so we did some math. Here's the math we did. I want to show you this on the screen real quick. So there's a number of officers. These are the, the amount of officers and firemen and EMT in Corpus Christi um, is 1,200, okay? In um, the Stone Oak area, where we just kind of just did that area of San Antonio. San Antonio's the big first to do everyone. We're going to do the Stone Oak area. There's about 250 first responders, and there's about 150 first responders in Rockport Fulton. So that's a total of 1,600 bags. And so while you're committing to putting together, like I said, several hundred dollars worth of free stuff just to say thank you to to any officer, EMT, or fire fire, uh, personnel that shows up, we're going to bless them. You say, well, what if they don't show up? Then we're going to take the bags after that Sunday and take them to the fire station, take them to the police station, and they still get it whether they attend our church or not. Okay? Just to say thank you. That's all we're doing. So. We're asking local businesses to get involved. Many of them have. Many of these people don't to go to our church. We already have right now. By the way, Valero's in. That's pretty huge. That's a massive company. Chick Fil A. Uh, we have local barber shops, uh, local print shops. Uh, we have all kinds of people jumping in and, and, and donating uh, items as well as services for free. For example, if you own a, let's say you say, "Man, I'm a mechanic. You know, we have. I have a small shop. I, I can't. I can't give. You know, sixteen hundred. Uh, you know." Free anything away? That's just too much. I can't can afford it. What well, can you do? Uh, thirty um, oil changes for free. Over the course of two months. Like, uh, yeah, I could do that. Okay, then just give thirty, and we will distribute those evenly among the bags, and then other people will give different things. We're going to make sure the bags even out to a, a total amount of several hundred dollars. Does that make sense? So you don't have to, if you can't afford to do everyone, it's okay. Now, many of you have businesses where you can put services for free. And if you want to do that, then I want you to email us at events. Right now, write this email down. Email us if there's something you want to do at events at churchunlimited.com. And we're going to create almost like a coupon book, but it's not a coupon because a coupon is what? It's a discount. No, we're not doing discounts. So if you say, well, I have a burger joint in Rockport and I, I can't do all 600 bags, but, but there's only 150 uh, of first responders in Rockport Fulton. So you may be able to do that many, right? okay? And so what you can do is you can say, I have a burger joint. We're going to give a free burger to any first responder in our area. Okay? That means you need 150 of these little gift certificates made up. We can help you make those. Okay? We'll help you make them. We just need you to back that up. But that means when an officer shows up and if they don't sit down to eat, because I know you're thinking, well, what if they, we'll give them the free burger, but they need to order the fries and say, no, no, no. If they show up and they say, all I want is a burger, then you give them the burger and be thankful. Does it make sense? You say, that's okay. Here's the burger. We're grateful for you. So it's got to be true free gift, nothing added to it. Okay, So if you want to do that, great. If you're like me and I don't own the business to do that, I'm just going to give a donation. So there's two ways to do it. First, you can help out with either all the businesses or a small portion of the business to do what you want to do it. Or if that's something that doesn't work for you, you can right now go to text to give right now and you can give right now in this moment. And you may say, well, I don't know how to do this. Why don't you give, some of you, if you own the business or you do pretty good financially, you say, uh, how can I bless all these people? Why don't you give a buck a person? That's 1,600 bucks. Or, or, or how about... You say, well, uh, uh, that's too much for me. Uh, okay, what about? So you're in the Stone Oak area, that's $250 would cover $1 worth of goods for every bag in your, in, in your church if you're a Stone Oak. Or $1,200 uh, would be $1 in every bag. And so we're going to go out and, and we're going to buy coupons, gift things like that to put in these bags. Does that make sense? So if you'll help me out right now, together we're doing this as a church. Isn't this cool that we're doing this? I, I love this. It's a simple way to say we're not only saying we care for you, we're showing it. Just last night I was in Jason's Delhi and there was these two officers eating. I walked over and said, I want to thank you guys for your service. They're like, thanks. They're used to hearing that, but I said, oh, and by the way, if you're interested on 9-11 that weekend, they're like, okay, okay. They're listening. And I said, our church wants to bless you guys. We have a gift bag for you worth several hundred dollars. You saw the little eyebrows go, oh, really? They're like, yeah, just show up. We just want to say thank you. We're only asking you to show up just so we can say thank you publicly, but even if you don't come, we're still going to get you the bag. And they're like, "Thank you, that means a lot." I said, "Which one of our church? We we love you." That's it. I'm not doing this to make them Christians. I'm doing this because I am a Christian. Amen. Does that make sense? Yes. So that's called being what a good witness in our community. So would you guys help me out? Would you do that right now and just give a little something towards this? So let's do that. Oh, you were all clapping earlier. Now you're like. Hey. <laughs> You say, I can't do that much. And give 20 bucks. It'll all add up. Just give 20 bucks in. That's great. Just do something. Let's all collectively you. If you're online, you can do this too. Join in. And so I wish I want to do for one officer what I wish I could do for all officers. Makes sense? I want to do for one first responder, but well, I wish I could do for all first responders. Okay. And so we're excited about that. And I know many people have already said, what about the military? I, you guys are gonna get so big, and believe me, we love our military and we honor them too. And so you guys know that, okay? But this is a very unique uh, anniversary, and we wanna tell them we did not forget. So, anyways, back to the message. I'm excited about doing this. Thank you for giving. Thank you if you're a business owner or thank you, Frank, you just gave cash. We're grateful. It helps us really be a blessing to these people. We're super, super excited about that. Let me show you scripture quick and we'll wrap it up. Galatians 5 says this, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, how many of you know that those are always hard to do, right? Let's be honest, right? You go to work, you're like, Lord, help me remember to be loving and to have patience and have kindness, and right? Someone cut you off in traffic. Lord, I need the Holy Spirit to produce love, joy, peace. Because right now, I want to produce a certain finger right now. I want to tell them they're number one, but I'm not going to. Because I'm a Christian. And I want to show love and joy and peace and patience and kindness, right? Maybe you go to work and you have a really tough boss. Or maybe your kid drives you crazy. or pops off at you or snaps back or maybe I don't know who it is but we all had that person like oh God help me to show love joy, peace, patience (laughs) right so we all need to grow in this area none of us have this down he says the Holy Spirit produces love, joy, peace patience, kindness goodness, faithfulness gentleness and self-control those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. This is very clear that we are to do these things. And if we do that, look what happens. Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. In Jerusalem and Judea, uh, Jerusalem is your own hometown. Judea is your county. Samaria is the region you live in. And to the ends of the earth. And so, and we are trying to be a witness all around the world. We start churches around the world. We do missions around the world. We do local missions. We're doing all that and more. But I want to challenge you with this. This tells us that once the Holy Spirit does His work in your life, you are to be a witness, a verbal witness. There's two things about, that have to both happen for you to be a verbal witness. And the number, the last point is this: be a good witness. So, what is a good witness? A good witness is two things: it's you're verbal and you're credible. You're verbal and you're credible. Most of us are one or the other, but we need to be both. Maybe you're really credible. You're like, oh man, I'm living for God. I'm, I've got my life cleaned up. I'm honoring the Lord. That's awesome. When's the last time he told someone about Jesus and witnessed to him and brought them to church? Uh, let me think about that. You know what happens? The longer you're a Christian, the fewer non-Christian friends you have. So I want to tell you what this Bible verse teaches us, which is going to sound wrong. What I'm going to say next is going to sound wrong, but it's actually right. According to the Bible, you need to have one foot in the world and one foot in the church. So you're like, oh, that sounds so compromising, it sounds so wrong. No, because if you don't have one foot in the world, how can you reach the world? I didn't say live compromising, but we need to be in the world, yet not of the world. This is like the young person tells me, oh, my friends are Christians and we all sit at the same lunch table, it's so awesome, I'm surrounded by believers. I'm like, so there's this giant room and everyone is a non-Christian but one little group and you all sit together and you never really break your huddle Sounds like most local churches, like most football teams, especially the ones I cheer for. They're really good in the huddle, but they kind of fall apart when they leave the huddle. So we got to break huddle. (laughs) I'm really picking on my team bad today. I know. I'm sorry. I don't sound bitter, do I? Just a little. We have to break huddle to win people to Christ. So we need to be credible and verbal. Be verbal, but then to be credible means that, it, you know, a lot of times people are like, oh, I've been telling my friends about Christ, but what's your lifestyle look like? Because your, your friends may be looking at you going seriously. Like, you're going to try to tell me about Jesus when you're living with your boyfriend or girlfriend, when you're sleeping with them. And you, I mean, I, Christian, non-Christians do that. You're going to try to tell me about Jesus when you're out of the club. You're going to tell me about Jesus when you're, you know, looking at porn. You're going to try to tell me about Jesus when you're cussing up a storm. Tell me about Jesus when you're gossiping like the rest of us. you tell telling about Jesus when... Bottom line is this, we're supposed to be different. Be in the world, but yet be different. It's hard. It's a challenge. I I know it's not easy. I'm not saying it is. I'm preaching to myself right now, too. There are areas I need to clean up my life, I guarantee you, just like you. But we need to be verbal and credible. Now, what do you say? Maybe you should say, I want to bring someone next week, Pastor, but I'm not really credible to that person. I have been to the club with that person. But I want to bring them to church. Just tell them that. That brings credibility to you. Say, hey, look, I don't have it together. Look, you know me, you know me. They're like, yeah, I do. <laughs> You're like, just tell them, I know I don't have it together, but this is really helping my life. Come in church with me next week. So, so you don't have to be perfect, but just bring some credibility. Say, yeah, I know I'm a screw up. You know, I'm stupid, and I did this and that. I know all that, but I'm telling you, this place is helping me. Be verbal, be credible like that, and bring them next week. Would you bow your heads up to me, every head bowed, every bow, eye bow, closed, and we take a moment to pray. I want to thank you for being a part of our Services today. day. This is the gospel. It is simple. The bad news is none of us are good enough. The good news is Jesus knew that. So he died on the cross for your sins and for mine. If you receive him now, he will come in your life. You can receive the good news, the gospel, of what Jesus did for you by praying a very simple prayer. We're going to pray together across all of our campuses right now. You can receive Christ as your Lord and your Savior. Pray this prayer with me. Just say, dear Jesus, I realize I need you. I believe you died on the cross from my sin. I believe the good news. And I ask you to come into my life because I believe you rose again. Change me from within, Lord. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I repent. I turn from living for myself. I now want to live for you. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In your name we pray. Every head bowed, right close. If you just prayed to receive Christ and he's now your Lord and your Savior, every head bowed, right close, just lift your hand high right now. That's you. If you just prayed that prayer, you're not alone. There are hands going up all across our campuses. You know why? Because it's simple. Jesus said, Let the children come to me. If children can understand it, then we can too. So raise your hand high if you just gave your life to Christ. You're not alone. There are hands going up everywhere. Please raise your hand high. If you just gave your life to Christ, hold it high. Praise God for that decision you made. We see those hands. Thank you. We see those hands. Thank you. Praise God, young and old. Hands are going up all across our campuses right now. Hold those hands high. If you're watching online, if you just gave your life to Christ, would you let us know in the text chat right now? Just put put this, say my hand's raised. Just type that in, hand raised. Just do that right now. If you're at churchunlimited.com, click my hand's raised right now. Just just lift your hand high. Let us know. Praise God. You're not alone. Praise God. Praise God. your hand lifted high, thank you. You just gave your life to Christ. In two weeks, we're gonna have a baptism. It doesn't save you, but it celebrates that you just gave your life to Christ. That's what saves you. In two weeks, we'd love to baptize you. Love to have you come. And show up for that. You say, but my life is not straightened out. It's not supposed to be. It's not supposed to be. Just come. Just follow him one step at a time. That's the next step. That's the next step. Thank you for giving your life to Christ. And next week, we're going to bring people. So right now, in the spirit of prayer, you can put your hands down. In the spirit of prayer, when you do something kind of different, you think, how is this prayerful? It is, I promise. In the spirit of prayer, pull your phone out. In the spirit of prayer, pull your phone out right now and go to churchunlimited.com backslash share. And I believe, you know, prayer means you're communicating to God and God's communicating to you right now. That's the spirit of prayer. So as you pull out your phone, churchunlimited.com backslash share, I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit as you go there, click on share. It will immediately populate a text to invite a friend of yours, a family member of yours to church next week so I can share the gospel with them. And maybe in a moment of grace, they'll receive Christ. Send that to someone you love right now. And then follow through and bring them with you back to church. I believe God will use this with all of our campuses right now, even those who are online. You say, well, I don't go to church physically. I'm online. That's okay. You can tell them, hey, I'm about to go online. Are you gonna join me? They can join you online virtually. We do it all the time, right? You can be texting back and forth the whole time during the message next week and they're with you and they're hearing the gospel and they can receive Christ. Lord, thank you, God, for putting on our hearts people to reach. Thank you, God, for those who just gave their life to Christ. Thank you, God, that this is the gospel. This is what we are all about here at this church. Thank you for the good news of Christ. In your name we pray and all those people said, amen. Isn't God good? His word is so true.